1: Kyle Krabs here host of Locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the Locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever
0: you listen to your favorite podcasts Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak. Joining you guys on a beautiful Monday morning. A mock draft Monday edition of the podcast. Ben, my boy, how we doing this week? Every day is a good day to be alive. I remember what the sun looks
1: like still, which is nice. I remember the feeling of grass and of wind. (laughs) Uh, You know, I was out
0: here writing my
1: post-apocalyptic novel Based off of social distancing.
0: I was going to say, is it nice up there or is it, did the weather suck? I didn't know the weather sucked, but you make it sound Yeah, like I mean, terrible. Like it's 25 degrees and overcast. Holy God, imagine, it's living, not like, imagine living north it's of the Mason It's not Dixon. like I've been outside to enjoy it. That's true, too. If it's going to be ugly outside, I guess this is a, a good time to do it. But we are not here to just talk about the weather surrounding my co-host, Benjamin Solak. What we are here to do talk about a mock draft and in order to do that the best way we know how we have from the draft network our colleague jordan reed not the tight end from the washington redskins although we have a lot of fun at his expense uh anytime there is jordan reed news out there we make sure to tag jordan in it jordan put out the mock draft for the draft network This Monday, it's a three-round mock. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. We love having you on. No problem,
2: man. Thank you guys for having me.
0: All right, so for everybody who has not read the mock draft yet, pause the podcast, go to thedraftnetwork.com, look at Jordan's latest mock draft, give it a look up and down rounds one through three, then come back to the podcast because we're going to talk about it. And right now, I'm starting out at number four overall at the New York Giants. You have them going offensive line, but we normally see, I mean, we see like Jedrick Wills here at number four. We've seen Mekhi Beckton. I've even seen a little bit of Andrew Thomas. You have them going Tristan Wirfs, who is one of the big four. He's one of the big four offensive linemen, so it's not too much of a surprise. But in terms of fit, that's what people always want to know with these offensive tackles in this class. Why a guy might go to this team rather than this team. They know they're all good. But what makes Tristan Wirfs a good target for the New York Giants at number
2: four? Um, that's a really interesting question, and one I've kind of went back and forth with just because um, and I think they really can close their eyes. And pick pick let these top four guys, and I think would be worthy of the fourth overall pick. But I think it's going to come down to really Wirfs or Ginger Wills here. And I just trust Wirfs a little bit more, even though I don't think he's as ready as Wills is coming into the league, but as far as the upside and everything that works brings to the table, I think he's much better uh, than what Wills does bring right away. Now, with Wurfs, he's a guy that's already natural on the right side. And That's not to say Wills already is as well, but I just think Worfs upside, I think that trumps Wills a little bit more right now.
1: Why not Becton for the Giants at four when you brought up the two tackles? You said Wills and Worfs. Why doesn't Becton interest you as somebody from them at four?
2: Um, I just don't think he's as far along as some of those other two guys right now from makes a pass sense. protection standpoint, now from a run blocking standpoint. I really could see um Getterman really falling in love with him just because he loves those big nasty guys. So I mean Beck then definitely could be in contention here at the fourth overall pick. I mean I don't really know. Nobody really knows what is going to do, but That's I definitely true. <laughs> could see Beckton going there. But if it were up to me, I would choose Tristan works here.
0: That makes sense. You've got I get it. So for the three wide receivers there's it's always kind of a carousel of hey, what order are they going in? what teams are they going to and i'm talking about c d lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs here in the top fifteen for this mock draft i mean we've seen all kinds of different combinations for these guys. We know they're all good, but you have Judy as wide receiver one going off the board at twelve to las Vegas, then you have c d lamb right after that with San Francisco at 13 who that'd be fun and then Henry Ruggs making uh every every single Denver fans week or even year by uh having him go at number 15 to the Denver Broncos talk about those a little bit the fits for each of those wide receivers and why I guess you chose the order for those three guys in this particular mock draft
2: yeah, and I actually went in-depth about this in my write-up on the mock, so just listening to Mike Mayock talk at his press conference or his podium session at the Combine, he went real in-depth about how he really values the players that aren't coming from not a gimmicky system, but not really based on sideline signals. He likes guys that really get in the huddle and are obtaining that verbiage, play in and play out, and that's exactly what Judy had to do at Alabama as opposed to just looking at a signal from the sideline like C.D. had to do at Oklahoma, so... That's why I kind of think he would really favor Judy over Lamb. And I just think he fits them a little bit better as far as what they want to bring uh, in that offense. And then they need somebody electrifying coming into the new stadium, new city, and just a breath of fresh air moving into Las Vegas. And I think Judy brings a little bit more of that flair than what CD does. And that's not to say CD isn't as explosive as Judy. I think both of them are terrific players. Uh, But I just think Judy fits a little bit more of what Mayock was sticking to at his podium session and the type of receivers that he values. So that's something that I went back to really to separate and differentiate the two as far as the fit for the Raiders and the 49ers. And, I mean, just putting CD alongside Debo, man, just how much fun yeah. would that be? Especially, especially in Kyle and system. I think that would be really fun. And then with Ruggs, I think that his fit with Drew Locke is just so good. And then you already have that short to intermediate guy in Cortland Sutton who can work the underneath areas. And then you have the guy that can work all three areas of the field and Henry Ruggs so just pairing those two I think will make them a really nice young offensive core
3: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy either way join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Jordan, we got to talk about the Eagles pick. It has to be done. There's no way to get around
0: it. (laughs) Here we go.
1: Well, the thing is, like, I personally love it. So the question, I'll put it to you this way. No, so In you got
0: to say it the way that you said it before we got on the podcast. You said you'd move heaven and earth, I right? will. I, I, I want to set the table. Okay. All right? all right. Okay.
1: In my What Would I Do mock, which I released on Friday, I made this exact pick for the Eagles. So I want you to understand how much I like it. And I was immediately ridiculed by the entire fan base because... The Eagles have not drafted a linebacker in the first round since the 1970s. That is not an exaggeration. What? 1970. Yeah. Haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round. So. The 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 question here being LSU linebacker Patrick Queen, is he good enough To make Howie Roseman break that mold, the mold of I need two edge rushers, I need two cornerbacks, I need two wide receivers, I need a quarterback and I'll figure out two offensive tackles and I'll figure out the rest later, right? Like that's the famous Andy Reid quote that the Eagles have been following for like 20 years. Is he good enough to make them break that mold? If so, why? How likely is it that the Eagles actually draft linebacker Patrick Queen at 21?
2: So NFL like executives really stick to the script of what they were brought up in. So it's highly unlikely that this pick is going to happen. But I just love, I would love to see it just for the chaos that would ensue after it. And you guys know how big of a fan of I am of Patrick Queen. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be excellent uh, on the next level. He reminds me a lot of Levante David uh, coming out of Nebraska. I think he's even better than what he. uh, He reminds me a lot of him. So. Um, why I like his fit so much on the Eagles? The Eagles have really like patchworked the middle of their defense over the past. Have they, years, Jordan? Like,
1: have they real?
0: I <laughs> didn't notice that. That's <laughs> what
2: they've done. Nigel Bradham, I mean, with Grigor Hill. I believe that's how you say his name. Zach. Yeah, Brown, he's in Miami now. Court. I mean, like let's get let's like get a playmaker in the middle of the defense and somebody we can do it around. You already addressed the first level with Javon Hargrave, which is a terrific signing, and then you already addressed the third level with Darius Slay. So let's go ahead and get that centerpiece and Patrick Queen that we can just complete the trio. So that's why I like to pick so much.
1: To to say what Trevor wanted me to say in the pre-show, I said that I would kill a man to get Patrick Queen on the Eagles. Now, I will say, I would like to know that he was a bad man first. I would want to know that he's maybe a guy who, you know, like killing him would be a bit of a public service. I couldn't kill somebody I knew. But, like, we're in that range. This is such a good football player that the Eagles so desperately need. So, yeah, like, it's imp- it's important to talk about that because the thing is, like, tendencies are tendencies until they're not, yeah. right? And, like, eventually something's going to give and the Eagles are going to have to draft a linebacker early at some point. It's going to occur. Oh, man, I would do anything for it to be Patrick Queen. And, like, in this scenario that you've drawn out with three big wide receivers off the board, with uh, C.J. Henderson, Christian Fulton, Jeff Gladney, all corners off the board after Jeffrey Okuda— Best value to me is Patrick Queen. The Eagles would probably try to trade back in this situation. But either way, I, I I really like it. I do want to ask you about those corners, though. Trev, if you'll permit me to go out of order here. Go ahead, sir. Uh, Jeff Okuda, as we said, at three uh, to the Detroit Lions. But then it, it's, it's Christian Fulton. Jeff Gladney and C.J. Henderson all off the board before we get to Philadelphia at 21. That's four corners in the top 20. We don't typically see that. And then you have a couple more guys even going after 20 as well. And I don't want to give away all the picks. Make sure people go and, and click on the mock at thedraftnetwork.com. Six corners in the first round. Do you feel the class is really that strong or is this team's chasing need?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. And I think there's kind of a precipitous drop off after day two. And everybody labels this cornerback class as being very strong. But I think similar to wide receiver, there's a bit of a drop off after day two, in my opinion. So teams are going to go ahead and get their guys if they want their guys. And that's why I think you have some of the guys going early on when they were is a very strong candidate to go three to Detroit. And some of the other picks that we have already talked about as well, CJ Anderson Henderson, uh, Atlanta is another pick that I like as well. So with the NFL being such a pass-happy league, I think, think, I think teams are really going to start to stock up in the secondary. And then with this being a really strong cornerback class, they're going to want to go ahead and get their guys at the top of their board.
0: I wanted to kind of pop back up into the top ten and talk about some of these quarterbacks because – Right now, you have Burrow going number one overall. I think that's the obvious. You have Tua going five to Miami, and then Justin Herbert going six to the Chargers. After free agency, you know we've seen a couple of teams. You know Carolina could have been in that mix. Now they got Teddy Bridgewater. It makes me think, okay, maybe they're not going to get as aggressive as these other guys to get a quarterback this year. But then you see Jacksonville. You know they move on from Nick Foles, so they might be a candidate to move up. You know. I know that this mock kind of is what it is here, and I like the spots for all these quarterbacks, but off of your gut, what you think might happen, just knowing the draft well and watching previous drafts, do you think the second quarterback isn't going to get picked until number five? Or do you think that one of those teams, maybe another team, surprise team, is going to pop up to, say, number three, or maybe even number two to take a quarterback earlier in this draft than we think?
2: That's a really good question. Um, if I was Detroit, I would be all in on trading back. And I think that's really the sweet spot, like we saw with Sam Darnold a couple of years ago, uh, when the Jets traded up with the Colts for that number third, for that third overall pick. I think mm-hmm. that Detroit spot is really like the goldmine for whether the team is trading up for Tua or Justin Herbert, whether that's Miami, the Chargers, or anybody else behind them, are trading up to acquire one of those guys. So if I was a betting man, I think Detroit is still going to trade back just because yeah. I think they can still get a very, very, very strong candidate, whether that's Isaiah Simmons or, you know, Jeff Okuda. I wouldn't trade past five or six in my opinion. I think that's kind of pushing it. Mm-hmm. So whether it's to Miami or the Chargers, I don't think, I don't think the Giants are probably going to go corner. Even though Okuda is very, very enticing, I just don't see them going cornerback there. And then you insure yourselves with one of. Isaiah Simmons or Akuda. so if I was Detroit I wouldn't slide past five I think that would be the limit for me just so I can ensure myself one of Isaiah Simmons or Jeff Akuda. but we'll see what does happen
1: uh talking quarterbacks still it's uh 49 overall for the Pittsburgh Steelers their only pick in the first one hundred if memory serves. I'm pretty sure their their third round comp pick is right at the border of one hundred. But either way, they they don't have the first because of the Minka Fitzpatrick deal. They don't have the third because of the Devin Bush deal. So with that one pick, it's Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma quarterback. And that right there, like, you know, for a team that didn't make the playoffs for a team that's got some significant needs on the roster, going to need some help at uh, pretty much all three levels of the defense. Why are they prioritizing quarterback with that one early draft pick that they've got? Why is that need so dire? And then Jalen Hurts being that dude, has he risen that far in the draft process that you're comfortable saying, listen, this is quarterback five, lock it in. Nobody's going
2: earlier than that. Um, This is a matter of me just trying to match where I think he's probably projected to go. I think he's probably going to go in the second round. I, probably, I got a pretty good strong feeling about that as far as where he's going to go. I think mid to late second, early third round, I think that's the target range for him. And I think with Jack, what I keep saying about him is that I think the only teams that are going to fall in love with him are defensive minded head coaches. Hmm. Just because of his, his playing style. He's a guy that's very safe with the ball. He's not going to turn the ball over, and he has a personality that can galvanize a team. And that's just what you see out of defensive coaches. They love that type of stuff. And then I think a fit like Pittsburgh with a strong running game and really strong defense and then a defensive-minded head coach in Mike Tomlin, I think that's a viable fit. Now, do they go quarterback there? I really don't know just because this is a team with a lot of needs, but I just don't think they're a believer in Mason Rudolph. That's just my personal opinion based off what he showed last year and the time that he was allotted. And then we know Big Ben, the clock is ticking on his career. So why not go ahead and get that hair apparent in Jalen Hurts, a guy you can really groom behind Big Ben for, you know, one, two, three years, however much longer he plays. I just like the fit for him there in pittsburgh
0: i really do like that as well that's a really good pay that was one of my favorite picks in the mock draft this locked on podcast is brought to you by home chef
4: now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but i'll be honest i haven't been consistent that is until i found home chef home chef provides fresh ingredients and chef designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on.
0: Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, Jordan, you follow Minnesota pretty closely. They were in the news last week, made a big splash by moving on from Stefan Diggs. You have them taking Justin Jefferson in the first round here, and you have them taking Justin Jefferson over guys like Denzel Mims, um and you know brandon iuk jalen rager what makes justin jefferson the pick there for minnesota going for the one and one replacement with stefan diggs what do you really like about jefferson
2: I think the fit. I think they need a slot guy. I think they want to move Adam Thielen back outside. I think he's much better on the perimeter out there, and they want to get that guy that's just a natural separator in the middle of the field. And then if you think about all the glory days of Kirk Cousins are the people that he's had the most report with. Well, what glory he days? Hey,
3: y'all. Oh.
1: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> His best days in Washington, I should say. You had Pierre Garçon, you had Jameson Crowder. He's always found a report with guys in the slot, and I think Justin mm. Jefferson definitely can give that – Give them that type of, you know, chemistry with Kirk Cousins. So that's why I went Jefferson there. And I just don't see guys like Mims, you know, playing in the slot a whole bunch. Uh, IU goes back and forth, but I think his best reps are on the outside. So getting a guy like Justin Jefferson, I think you can pick him in the slot, and then you can get Adam Thielen and move him back on the outside. And I think you can double dip, whether that's in the third or fourth round, and find some other guy to play on the other side of Adam Thielen. I
1: don't yeah, I, Yeah, I, I think that Justin Jefferson – if you ask me right now who's wide receiver four off the board, Justin Jefferson, I think, would be the, the player I would take. I think, obviously, that's that's a really difficult question to a- answer right now, but I think Jefferson's going to be a first-rounder. And as Trevor knows, I've been, since they traded Stefan Diggs, I've been saying, listen, Jefferson to Minnesota at 25, even 22, is it's what makes fit. too much sense. It's, yeah, just yeah. A
0: re- it's a really good fit for a lot of the reasons. Jordan,
1: my boy, Jeremy Chin. Your boy. Oh, I was going to ask about
0: Jeremy Chin. Next. Listen, yeah. I don't know.
1: I want to, I want to hear this <laughs> because you've been on Kyle Duggar forever. I've been on Justin Chin since the moment I found Southern Illinois tape. For the whole draft process, Duggar's been the higher player, I think, in most mock drafts. But in this one, you have Jeremy Chin going to Jacksonville at their second pick, and then a little bit later, Kyle Duggar going to uh, Chicago at their second round pick. Chin above Duggar. Is that something we're hearing? Is that something we're just thinking about? Obviously, I think they're going to go roughly the same spot. Why Chin over Duggar this time?
2: I just think the versatility that Chin brings to the table a little bit more is going to help him a little bit more. Duggar is more of your downhill right now type of safety. And Chin, I mean, he's a guy that started as an outside corner during his first two years at Southern Illinois, then transitioned to safety. So he already has that that versatility already to his, his forte or to his side. And I just think with that added versatility and then his athleticism, these teams love athleticism, especially on the back end of the defense. I think that's going to put him over the top and make him go a little bit earlier.
1: I think it's going to put him at exactly 53 overall, in case anyone was of <laughs> <right. laughs>
0: Yeah, I bet. Of course. I bet, I bet, I bet you do. Jordan, I'd love to get your kind of rapid fire takes on some of those late first, early second round corners. Because I think, you know, we talk a lot about Jeff Okuda. We talk about uh, CJ Henderson as well. Uh, Even Jeff Gladden, he gets brought up plenty. But Trayvon Diggs, AJ Terrell, and then Jalen Johnson. Those three guys, you really just see their names kind of interchanging around the end of the first, early second round. If you could, just a little bit of a rapid fire, maybe what you like about each of those guys, Terrell, Diggs, and then Jalen Johnson. What makes him a little bit different from one or the other?
2: I like Diggs' versatility. You know, a guy that's a former wide receiver. Um, I just love the stuff that he does display on the outside. He, he had a little bit of rough, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say a little bit, but he was really rough against LSU. I think that's one game that really showed a lot of his warts as far as his patience at the line of scrimmage. Hmm. But struggling a little bit to find the ball in flight, getting his head around the turn and find it in the air. I think that's some of the biggest weaknesses with him right now. But I think I like the upside there with him now. With Diggs, I've been saying this a lot. It wouldn't surprise me if some teams actually have him as a free safety on their board. I think there's some teams that definitely could have him there just because of his fluidity on the back end and how much better he plays with everything in front of him as opposed to having to find the ball and then play the hands of the receiver, whichever one he does decide to do. He does interchange it a little bit. Um, I'll move on to Terrell now. A.J. Terrell, uh, he was rough, of course, in the LSU game. Uh, during the end of the this season, I think this that's There's a theme one game. here, man. Everybody was rough against LSU, <laughs> yeah. man. That's just it's a rough
0: yeah. team to go up against this year.
2: It's like a huge stain on his resume, and it's like the game that everybody remembers him for. But he was really good last year, in my opinion, up until the college football playoff. He did struggle. For the most part, in that, but a guy that's very strong, very aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Now his footwork isn't as great, and his patience does need some work. But I think I feel more comfortable with taking him in the second round. That's really why I put him at Kansas City. I think that's a place where he can grow a little bit, mm. just because he's going to be able to play right away. Uh, you can get through some of his warts and some of the bumps and bruises that's going to happen with him early on. But you know, with Kansas City, they're a team that's probably going to be playing ahead a lot, so he doesn't have to you don't worry about his technique as much. So I think Kansas City is a good spot for him. And then Jalen Johnson, I think he's the ultimate wild card in this draft. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes in the first round. It wouldn't surprise me if he's still waiting in the third round just oh, because wow. the three shoulder surgeries, the three shoulder surgeries, that's something that's kind of going around with him you know that's a bit of a stigma he is a bit injury prone but when he is on the field man he's a really good man corner and I'm sure you guys have watched him in depth he, he's very good man he was probably the best back end player in that Utah secondary him and Terrell Burgess I think them are probably the best two of the bunch but Jalen Johnson I like him a lot
1: and last one's from me and Jordan we are pre-recording this this is Sunday and we're recording for the Monday release of the mock so you have an opportunity here make yourself look even smarter than you already do <laughs> Which fan base is going to be the most upset about what you gave them? What fan base is going to be the most excited about what you gave them? What do you think?
2: Oh, it's going to be the Patriots—the most upset. I have no idea what they're going to do, guys. Like, I mean, Jordan Love—I have him going to them at twenty-three. Sure, but they just signed—they just signed Brian Hoyer, so nobody really knows what the plan is for for them there. And then I have them going in the third round. Um, getting, you got DuVernay and, DuVernay see, and Alex
0: Smith. Hi, Smith.
2: Yeah, DuVernay and yeah, and then Khalid Kareem. So, I mean, we oh, never yeah. know what the Patriots are yeah. going to do. We didn't know what I the Patriots no were going to
1: do in the draft while they yeah. had Tom Brady and they were consistent. Yeah, right? Now this is like a whole new era of Patriots. The, the, the smokescreen is unbelievable.
2: Yeah, they're by far the hardest team to project right now, in my opinion. Now, the team I think is going to be the most excited is Atlanta. I really like the haul that I gave for them. Getting C.J. Henderson to come in for Desmond Trufant I think is a really good pick for them. Against Terrell Lewis in the second round after they already signed Dante Fowler. They're just trying to get some more pass rush in there. I like that for them. But my favorite pick probably in all of this mock draft is them getting Cam Akers in the third round and pairing him with Todd Gurley. I think that would be a really good fit.
1: I think you're overestimating how much like the general public likes C.J. Henderson, we'll say.
0: No, we will no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I asked when Atlanta was going through all their changes last week. I just said like Falcons fans, like tell me who you think they're taking at sixteen and so many of them said CJ Henderson. Like they I don't yeah, know if that's it's wow. Henderson
2: or Chase On. Yeah. Henderson or Chase on
0: Yeah. So I know that they like him there. The last one for me, Jordan, because it is a three round mock and we always appreciate when uh when analysts get all the way to that third round and give some of those picks. I know you said Cam Akers there, but uh are there one or two other picks that you had in the third round, that you really, really liked, whether it was because of a team's haul that you had previously, or just good value getting these guys in the third round.
2: So I want to talk about mystery relevant here. The very last pick. He's not going to go this early, but I just want to see him in this offense. Oh, AJ Dillon! Dillon. Awesome. Let's Trevor, go, Trevor! How did you miss it? Let's how go, AJ Dillon! I'm Boston. so hyped. He's not going to go in the third round. No, he's, he's not going to go like in the fourth or fifth round, but. Just imagine him downhill in that ground and pound offense with Lamar Jackson and all those other weapons that they do have on the perimeter. I think that would be a terrific fit for him in Baltimore.
0: Well, I like that one. I'm I'm a big fan of that pick just because I AJ Dillon is just the most unique dude. I mean, he's just this giant running back who's also extremely athletic, and I like where he ends up going will have so much say in whether he's actually a running back or he never plays or he's a fullback. I have no idea. I'm just fascinated to see what happens with A.J. Dillon, especially because of all the production that he had in college. Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time to to join us, man. We really enjoyed it. Killer job on the mock, my
2: friend. No problem. Thank you guys as always.
0: Ben and I are going to be back with you tomorrow for a brand new podcast. We're going to be recapping some of the free agency stuff. We're going to be going over another mock draft that we are looking at. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.
3: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.